The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. Brought to you by By Nature Pet Food, slow cooked with super fusion. Get 20% off your first order at Amazon at Chewy and Chewy with promo code 20RTRS. Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process, processrealtor.com. And stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter. You can get the new stateside vodka sodas at statesidevodka.com. On the show today, the Sixers are 12 games away from an NBA championship as they close out the Washington Wizards and will face the Atlanta Hawks in round two. Of course, it's not all great news as, of course, Joel Embiid has a small tear in his meniscus that he, of course, played on. Um, And the best news of the day, the Celtics go up in flames (laughs) as it seems as if they are the ones who are fucked. Wow, finally. <laughs> the, the, the show the show is live. It's being recorded live on YouTube and Twitch, where you can watch us after every playoff game. Hi, if you're watching now. Uh, we'll take questions on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. If you donate on YouTube and donate on Twitch, I think you can do that now. I don't know if you can. I know you can on YouTube. We're going to take all the donations at the end of the playoffs, give them to Providence Animal Center, and coded by kids. We're up to about $150 in donations. I'd like to get it to a few grand by the end of the playoffs. Uh, please do it. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Larry, sweetie, the man is here. We will write y'all. Welcome to the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who always gets the call to start when the coach decides to go small, Mike Levin. There it is. That's a series win, stateside vodka soda with a little lemon cucumber mint. I had some black cherry yesterday. That was nice. Yeah, I, I think my I go orange first, pineapple second, black cherry third, and the cucumber mint Uh Fourth. This one's good. This I'm just not a like, cucumber guy. This tastes like a massage to me, and I like it. Yes, there you go. Um, that's a nice win. I was worried um, because that's my natural state, and they also looked pretty rough in the first half. Just they generally sure not cohesive. Uh-huh. Um, I like Doc experimenting, I will say, but it was a pretty rough-looking first half. Tobias didn't seem to have it again, which was rough. Mm-hmm. Um and then they just locked in, and the third quarter was great, and a bunch of contributions from a ton of guys. It was a real team win. Um, I feel like they adjusted nicely. I'm glad that they're not still playing the Wizards. I am. I don't want anyone else to get hurt. Joel should never play the Wizards again mm-hmm. after getting hurt uh, against them once more. Um, I just we're we're not taking anything for granted. We are, you know, they got swept out of the playoffs last year. It was a cursed season. And they gentlemen swept the Wizards. And winning a game without Joel is just nice. It's nice against anyone in the NBA. He's their best player. He's the best player in the league. Winning a game without him is impressive. And I am appreciating it. All right. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about, obviously. And you had mentioned last year, boy, the bu- somehow the, bu- the, bu- the, bu- the Celtics season this year, which was the bizarro sixer season of last year, we made one of our ex-players the GM. They made the coach the GM. We at one point made the coach the GM. There's a lot to get into there. All right, so we have a lot. We have the game. We have Joel. We have the Hawks series. We have the Celtics. I would suggest we do the game first while we're feeling high. I'm high. Let's and, go. And then go to Joel. Thank you for the twenty four ninety nine donation, Vince. 
Vince Pellegrini donates to all our shit. So let's go game, Joel, maybe Celtics, and then then Hawks. Yeah. So I, I'm going to – obviously, it was a, a, a good win, a, a lot of good performances. I do have to start off because I'll start off at the beginning of the game with if you're going to go small, it just seems to me to be like – I can't get into my head how if you're going to go small, you end up like with less shooting on the floor and less scoring and less ball handling. Like, I just don't understand why it's Thibel and not Maxi or Shake or Hill in that starting lineup. It just well, it's doesn't. Si- it's, it's size. It's size and defense. It's, it's the idea. Like, Joel's angering your defense, and you put in Matisse, and he's at least another guy like Ben that can create havoc and and dissuade easy buckets. If it's any of those other guys, it's a it's a pretty easy not with Hill uh, things inside. I mean, he's not dissuading anybody inside. I, I see the logic there, um, mm. and I want Matisse shooting regularly. Um, so I don't think it's. I think if if you had them take a million threes. Maybe next season. Embiid's a better shooter than Matisse, but I don't think it's that much different as an out, as a three point shooter. I don't. I think it's like I think Matisse averaged out to like a thirty percent three point shooter going forward, and and hopefully better. And Joel is probably like closer to like 34, 35. So, um, mm-hmm. I think that's not much over the course of one game. Like I don't think people are people want Joel to take threes anyway. They're hoping for it to happen. But so they, it's not they like they come it, out and they challenge him. Whatever. I I, th- I think it's a weird decision and it didn't i don't think defensively it worked like the the wizards did pretty much whatever they wanted it, yeah it didn't seem like that lineup at any point during the game felt like the i i don't want to overdo it whatever uh th- this game clearly to me was about three well maybe even four players but the three players it was about maxi it was about curry uh and then to a lesser extent the the last he didn't have a great game overall, but the last three minutes of the first half for Danny and I think Dwight had a, a great game as well. And I think those are the, like the four core players. But Maxi was fucking great again. He was just like a source of real offense the entire game. Yeah, we can talk about Maxi first. Uh, he was great. Uh, he's still not getting calls, which is pretty frustrating. I think he will eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but. He just like so much energy. Doc really just gave him the keys tonight. It was just a, you have the freedom to do really whatever you want to do. It was pull up from two. Just, uh, he went, he started off pretty hot with that uh, baseline two-hander attempt. Oh, uh, oh dunk man. over Anthony Gill, which I loved. I was a little um, worried he hurt his hand on it. He was great. So I, I saw that also. Yeah. Uh, you know, he just like, he's a guy who can turn the corner really quick. He turns the corner and it's a lob to Dwight because the defense can't do anything. He turns the corner and he had that little scoop with the right that crawls over the rim on on Robin Lopez. Um, he just kept attacking the rim really relentlessly. And I he's like beloved on this team. Uh, I love how much Ben loves him. Uh, I Ben, you know, was the first overall pick and he was the young guy on this team for a while. But Ben is so much better as like the sort of stodgy, stingy veteran that like withholds praise and love like a like a uh, parent from a different time. Um, and so when he like looks at Maxi after he dove on the ground and tried to save it, it was like he like tapped him on the chest. I was like, yeah, that's he earned that, and that's and that's cool to see. Um, yeah, I think Maxi's starting point guard next year. I I think he's just, Whoa, I think he's really? just excellent. Yeah, I mean he's just you can see you know he's playing 27 minutes in the playoff game. He's operating the point. He's you know they're counting on him to attack. Like he he's gonna be a guy. Um, and. The amount he's improved over the course of this season, you got to figure with his first NBA offseason, he's going to take some more leaps in different parts of his game as well. Uh, he's great. He's he's excellent. You know, there's going to be you know defensive miscues and and uh, ill-advised things because you're counting on a rookie this much, and I, I'm sure that Doc and Daryl wish that they weren't counting on a rookie as much as they are, but uh, in the playoffs. But he's good. He's good, and he's doing a good job. And they they would be somewhat lost without him going forward and it's uh it was just cool to see and, and the fans fucking love that guy man it's so oh awesome to God. see him in front yeah. of the crowd it is it is do you think it's because so, he's little i i think fans always totally. love little guys well, he's that little and also like dribbles a lot and yeah. there just like hasn't been that like you know seth curry who had a great game we can talk about but he's not like penetrating and and like exposing anybody he's just sort of like t- picking his spots and taking it easy maxi is like 
attacking in a way that nobody has since Iverson. And shout out to, who was it? Someone just DM'd me a very cursed image. Uh, someone named Steve sent me a cursed image of, of half half Iverson, half Maxi on a drive. Oh, very I saw it. I think it was on clutch points. Was it I didn't see it. I just yeah. got sent to me. I, I haven't looked at, that's the only thing I looked at on the internet, but it was, it was pretty disgusting. And so yeah. uh, almost, almost uh, Sixers uh, Philadelphia tattoo worthy. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I love Maxi. I, I love the kid. He's like, uh, fr- he's an he's from here. He's earned a from here status, even though he's definitively not. Uh, he's awesome, huge. Curry. This reminded me of a game where a grown up kid is playing against younger kids, and that grown up kid, when he's playing against grown up kids his size and speed, can't quite do the shit that he's doing. But when he's playing as little kids, he looks fucking awesome. And Curry. Curry was doing moves that I know Curry can't do against better teams, but against this team, he was fucking roasting them and it looked yeah. great. I loved it. Yeah. He was awesome. I mean, he's yeah. just been good for a while. Like he just has his timing down. He can get a shot off wherever he wants, like an immaculate he had 30 points, which is a playoff career high on a really nice 10 of 17 from the field. Like he can shoot it inside. He can shoot it outside. He gets fouled because they're so conscious of the shot. He was just working Howell Neto, like really working. And Howell Neto's a pesky little defender. And it's fun to see Seth like with a size mismatch, I guess. Um, you know, drives, little floaters. He had a couple of big step backs, a runner, like really kept them afloat in the third quarter that allowed them to pull away. Um, I generally, and we could talk about when we get to Tobias, but like when the offense, probably Maxi is the answer if he's in the game. But when the offense breaks down and it's like, there's plenty of times in this game, even though they scored 130 some points, when the offense breaks down in this game, it seems like they give the ball to Tobias a lot and ask him to create. But Tobias, just like when he has to dribble too much, he's just not successful. It's just not. It's not his game. It, it it like reverts him back to an older form of himself. And I really just and he had a nice game. He really recovered really nicely and 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 had a bunch of plays off cuts and off uh, going downhill and like uh, taking off screens and and seeking out, seeking out threes and, and getting fouled nicely as well. But as as far as a one on one guy goes, like I just trust Seth more. I, I just trust him to get a good look at the at the rim. And I think Tobias sometimes when he's the number one guy, when he's has that mindset, I have to he sort of forces it. And that's what we've seen the last like, you know, game four and the first half of game five. Um, but obviously he's been excellent as a sort of secondary option. But I think when he's 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 a little bit more exposed. As as the number one guy that has to like put his head down and do stuff, but we can get there. But Seth 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 rules. He's he was awesome. Just huge in this game. Yeah, and it was a I, I thought it was a, a good Dwight game, a good Furk game too. Both those guys, you know. I I'm. Is there a guy on the Sixers that you're more sure the three's going in than Korkmaz? Like I, I like I'm pretty sure every time. I guess it's just him and Seth, right? But I yeah, for some I mean, reason I'm, I'm buying Furk's three every time. Danny's been Danny's been so hot lately. He. Missed a ton of open threes tonight, um, but I've been. It's been everybody. I mean, they've been shooting really well lately, and especially, I mean, Korkmaz. It's so fun when he's hot. Like it's so fun with when he's just feeling feeling himself and hitting shots. He's a he's a weapon. Like it, and he then he uses it to like he had that back cut because Westbrook was ball watching and got the easy dunk on the nice pass from Maxi. I love when they use Korkmaz as a screener. Obviously, he's not huge. He's not small, but he's pretty. He's not huge as a player as a screener, but. They use him as a as a screener to 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 allow the defense to account for the pick and pop, and that's frustrating because it's like every time he does it, I'm like, well, if they just had a stretch five that actually could do that and actually be a good screener, then be fine. But it's just really nice because that there's a ton of things that open up when they use a shooter as a screener, and and Korkmaz does it pretty well, and he he had a bunch of nice plays in the last two games really, um, and that was good to see. And Dwight was good. That was a good Dwight game. Really good. Mm-hmm. Played within himself. Um, he does these. He does these unnecessary double teams, which is frustrating. But he did that earlier in the game when he's like kind of he like helped off of Robin Lopez to help on like Rui Hachimura in the post. And I'm just like, just stay there. Just don't we don't need it. Like it feels like NBA players generally, I don't know if it's them or the coaches that just like unnecessary double teams like really pissed me off. Danny did it too. It really it was it was crushing me. But Dwight was excellent. Otherwise, like rim protection, had a couple big blocks. He was catching lobs. I love like it seemed like in game four, the Wizards were just winning the lob game and like we're winning the easy buckets. And it felt good to be like, hey, we got those this game. And that was and that was because Dwight was making himself available and being in the right spot. I think it was you can you rarely have a 
Dwight positive game without also the Dwight negative stuff. Like it feels mm-hmm. like they just come hand in hand. And and tonight he was just good. He was good and very helpful and on a, on a night that they needed it. You mentioned Rui Hachimura. He is confounding to me. I'm mostly sure that he sucks, but he does things sometimes that makes me think maybe he doesn't suck. I can't figure it out. Yeah, he's pretty smooth. I, I don't. I didn't like him coming out uh, of Gonzaga, but he's a big body. He's a wing. He's athletic. Uh, he's got a nice touch within like 15 feet. Um, and if he's wide open, he can hit shots. So he's a better player than I gave him credit for coming out. Uh, he's more athletic than he looked on YouTube too. Yeah, if I remember. I think correctly. so as well. Um, we, yeah. Well, We'll take your questions from YouTube, from Twitter, from Twitch. Just leave them in the thing. We'll get to those later. The uh, Rights to Ricky Sanchez is brought to you by Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process. You need a realtor right now if you're going to buy a house, sell a house, as Mike knows, as I know. We got a great email about Adam from uh, Kristen. Just thought I should let you know about the success I had with one of your sponsors. I decided to seriously start looking for a home to buy in Philly a few months ago. As a first-time home buyer, I didn't know where to start. I decided to reach out to Adam Kasebe, K-S-E-B-E, since he's, he's the only realtor I know by name, thanks to your pod. <laughs> yeah. I know he's only licensed in Delaware, but I asked if he had any recommendations for realtors in Philly. He responded so quickly, referred me to a great agent. I emailed him first on March 22nd, and I'm closing on my first home on June 11th. People tell me this is a tough market for buyers, so I'd say that's a success. Can't thank Adam enough. K-S-E-B-E, if you want to buy down the Delaware Shore, congratulations to Ricky Listener. I won't say your name yet because it's not official yet, but who just bought a great Delaware Shore house with Adam. They can help you out in Maryland, too. They're doing a great charity event on Saturday at the Philadelphia Zoo, Kasabi is. He has his T-shirt he's given out if you go walk with him. TJ, if you'll put it up on the screen. It's the Easter Seals Walk With Me event. Um, and they have these t-shirts, process real their t-shirts. It's at the zoo <laughs> Saturday morning. Get there by nine if you're not registered already. Uh, go to the main zoo entrance to the Philadelphia at the Philadelphia Zoo. You can register that morning, make a gift. Everything goes to the Easter Seals. Registration starts at 7:30 in the morning. The process realtor team will be hanging out near the front entrance, and Adam looks forward to walking the zoo for a great cause with any of you. Uh, so go walk with Adam and get one of these fucking ridiculous T-shirts. If you need a realtor, Adam's your guy. 302-864-8643. That's 302-864-8643. Send him a text, give him a call, or email adam at processrealtor.com. Um, ben? Ben, yeah, yeah. I thought, game. I thought Ben was great. I, I, I'm again frustrated with how Doc is using him. Um, I think it was just too much dunker spot. Too, like, I don't think he's allowing him to be the point guard a lot. Mm. Um, and it was just like Ben brings the ball up, passes it to Seth, and then just kind of walks to the to the post. He was screening nicely. Like I don't mind Ben screening. I like Ben screening. I just don't want that to be the only thing he does. And I think sometimes they get into like a quarter or two stretch where he's just not doing much more than standing there and it's frustrating because when like dan gafford's covering him and he can just beat gafford every single time every single time but he doesn't do like okay doc rivers has defended him doc rivers has defended ben all year long like vociferously yes um and i think it's a very strange decision to do that with ben in that starting lineup by the way and i'll say again and put fucking uh Thibault in the starting lineup, but not a fucking guard at least, but whatever. Um, I just like if Doc's doing that with him and Brett ended up doing that with him, like I, I don't I don't know. Like maybe, maybe they maybe they think that's where he obviously they think that's where he best is. I just I, this thing that you see in the half court that he does, I see him do in transition. I just don't see him do it in the half court very often. I see him like sort of turn around and back people down, not like going toward the rim head on, you know, like, like, you know, rookie or LeBron or something. Like I just, well, I he don't did. I mean, he, he did against Gafford uh, at least one time. And I wanted to see more of it. Like I want to, I, I would like to see him like, let's see him fail, like mm-hmm. taking him out there. I think he's, I think he's improved as a ball handler on the half court. That was a big complaint I had earlier in his career. Um, and I think he really is like he exploited a mis- mismatch on ish. Like that's when he backs down guys and I'm fine with it. And when he does back down guys, just simply seeing him doing that allows the defense to like the defense starts panicking and they, then they double him and then he gets an easy, like get an easy pass to Matisse off a double team when Matisse cut in the lane for like a nice little reverse layup. 
I love that shit. Like, I just want to use him more. And and it was just too much. It was just too much Tobias for the last for the first, mm-hmm. you know, six quarters of of bad Tobias. And I was just I was just very frustrated by it. Um, and I I don't think Doc's entirely to blame. I think Ben is certainly partial. Like he has to be demo- more, you know, demanding with the ball in his hands and go get it. But he was. I mean, I th- I just thought he was really good. I thought he passed really well. I thought he found shooters. Uh, even when they were missing shots, uh, he hit Matisse for that little that full court transition pass where he, Matisse finished with the dunk. Um, I I just I want them to run stuff with Ben more, and they they used him as like a screener in the short roll sometimes. That's fine, but there's not enough good passers on this team. Maybe Maxi becomes that guy next year, but there's not enough good passers on this team to find Ben in the short roll. So then he can either he can do the Draymond thing, which is either finish at the rim or kick it out to shooters off that roll. Um, so that'd be interesting going forward, but. Yeah, I mean, then they tried the Hackaben thing in the second quarter, and he, as soon as he hit two of two, they stopped doing it. The second he went two for two, they're like, yeah. "Oh, I'm not doing this anymore. because it it is that feels like you're just giving away free points, which it which it is." And so he made them pay for it. He was uh, five of eight from the line tonight, which is totally fine. That is totally fine. I can live with that. Um, and he had a triple double, and he was all over the place. I thought he was pretty good on Beal. They didn't really put him on Beal that much, to my eye. Um, but I thought I thought it was a really really nice Ben game. I thought uh, I, I want to see him be more demonstrative and 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 take more control of the offense scoring wise because especially without Joel they need him to. There were too many like dead possessions that other people were doing whatever the fuck with, um, which is weird to say in a game they scored 130. The Wizards are just really bad at defense, so he, when, the second you get any cohesion together, you can rack up points really quickly. Um, and they got fouled a ton of times, which is very rare in a, in a uh, non MB game, but I thought it was nice. And I thought I want to call out two things because last time I talked about um, Dan Gafford and how they just kept allowing him to block a ton of shots uh, because they weren't pump faking and they didn't still didn't really get him to jump that much. Although I think Dwight did once and then they didn't call a foul, which is ridiculous. But there was early in the game, Tobias goes straight line with his left and Gafford blocks it because he has quick reflexes and he's long and 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 he can get up. Simmons, the next, I think it was like the next play, gets past him, does the same exact thing, except he curls in front of him on the drive and then gets an easy reverse layup because he uses the 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 rim to to shield the ball. And that's how you do it. Like that's you use the shot blocker, the willingness to shoot to block shots to your advantage. And then later in the second quarter, Tobias also went reverse in the same way that Ben did and scored at the rim. It was a really nice adjustment. I wonder if there was any communication, but I'm glad to see the the adjustment because Dan, I don't think Gafford. I think he had like one block shot tonight. Was it one? Yeah, it uh, seemed two. like he like you were mentioning. He chased a lot of them, but yeah. he he didn't really get them. Yeah. Way less, way less of a factor than this one. He had a couple of nice plays. I think I think Dan Gafford's a, a very solid solid role man five, and I, I like him. But like he can't be affecting the series as much as it looked like he was in game four. And I thought they adjusted nicely. Uh, we just had a hundred dollar donation to our charities from Steve DeLuca, who said, thank us for everything. So thank you, Steve, Steve's friends with, uh, Todd and Ryan, whose uh, son, Bo, we, we talked about their GoFundMe for Bo went to the game tonight. The Sixers were uh, nice enough to send Franklin and a bunch of gifts up to go visit Bo. And we saw some pictures from it and it was nice. So that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you to the Sixers. Every time, every time I say, Hey, one of our people are there, we need something like, Thank you to the entire communications team and the marketing team who always takes care of us. So I, Love I really appreciate that. Yep. Um, oh, is that Bo? There he is, Bo with Franklin. There it That's is. That's a great Look picture. It's fucking adorable. Yeah. Look at that. Um, uh, Tobias. Yeah. Uh, I thought that he, I, I said it, but he I, he was two for five from three. I thought he was really seeking those out. I thought he spaced to the line nicely. Just when he over dribbles, he's just not as successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the, the converse of that, like I was watching the offense and it seemed like too much ISO. But then after the game, you look at the you look at the stats, and it's like they turned the ball over eight times as a team, and a lot of that is probably because they did so much ISO ball, and eventually the hit shots, eventually the double teams come, came, and they had they started hitting threes again. And so, I, as much as I'm like a little frustrated by lack of cohesion and, and too much of that, um, it, it it has its benefits for sure. It's not it's not entirely a bad call. And Tobias had no turnovers, and he had six assists, which was a nice game. Tobias like not a good, obviously not a great passer. He, he doesn't have his head on a swivel like he can't see it feels like he's got a very wide blind spot if, if like if he's looking here he's seeing nothing there um but when it's in his line of sight he does make the pass he can make it make a tough pass in in traffic and there were two late in the game when it was still like uh 
I think it was probably midway through the fourth quarter when it was still in, in jeopardy, uh, both to Ben, like one in the dunker spot where he was just open and then one where Ben was sealing underneath late in the shot clock and got a couple of nice finishes out of it. And and he just like when Tobias catches it like off the catch, off the roll, like moving, moving on the feet, like it's nice. I just it's just sometimes without Joel, it becomes too much. It becomes like Orlando Tobias. It becomes like Milwaukee Tobias. And that's just like we can't. We can't be doing that. We're too good of a team to have like so much Tobias dribbling, and then and then he gets like I think he gets frustrated, and and it, it only leads to worse stuff. But he, he recovered nicely and, ha- and ended up having a really nice game. Yeah, he's just good at a lot of things, but like he uh, when when he's in that situation you're talking about, he's not quite good enough at dribbling to get by anybody. He doesn't get up really high on a shot, so like he can't just raise up over people when he's not, yeah. he doesn't have a size advantage, but, but he's, he's one guy and we'll get to this in a second who I think the presence of Joel just makes it a monstrous difference totally. for his game. Like an totally. enormous difference for his game. Um, and on both ends, like I was mm-hmm. like, I think that they, I thought they rebounded pretty well as a team. Like a lot of guys were doing those just like, because they had a size disadvantage against them. Guys would just rise up. Like Maxi did it a couple times. I think Danny did it a bunch to bias where they just like rise up, catch tap the ball at the height of it and and just like tap it to another sixer. And I thought they did a nice job of doing that. But it's just really hard to close out plays, to finish plays defensively without Joel there catch, contesting drives or cleaning up the rebounds. Because it's just it's just a thing that you take, you just, you kind of take for granted with Joel out there that like they're not going to drive in all the time. And when they do, like he's right there for the rebound because he's 7'2 and athletic and can get to whatever. And so that was that was struggling in the first half. They tried Mike Scott, didn't really work out. He was just he's just not hitting shots, which is tough. And when Westbrook is making pull ups, which he was tonight, like they are a tough offensive team. Like they they're they can score. They can score in a hurry. And when the Sixers were sort of lackadaisical offensively or not quite uh, cohesive, then it, it it started to get worrying. But um, well, they yeah. have they have guys that can get between Beal and Westbrook. They do have two guys who go to the rim and can get yeah. to the rim. And when you don't have so that's why that's why Dwight playing well was such a I thought such a yeah. big deal tonight. Sure. You know, but I, Beal is so good. He's so good, man. Holy Beal is great. I just I can't figure out how Westbrook is so bad at bank shots. Like he hit a goal. I think he hit one or two tonight. But the, when he misses them, yeah, I he missed on he missed one by four feet. For sure. It's it's like. It's like he's shooting on a backboard where the rim is in a different place than it he's used to it being yeah. or something. Like yeah. I can't figure it well, out. Well, there's those backboards in the driveway where like you can shoot it as hard as you can off the backboard and, and it just goes go straight in. down. Yeah. yeah. So I think maybe some of those were meant for those backboards, but but yeah. I also want to call out you, you mentioned this that Danny had a really good end of the Yeah. I thought uh, he turned the game. Quarter. I thought he I think so I think so too. And he had yeah. a terrible first, you know, 21 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, he's missing wide open threes, but he mm-hmm. he redeems himself with a TJ backcourt and back backcourt and finish, uh, back to steal and finish. He had that baseline cut onto a three and late in the game, and then the next very next play, a charge drawn uh, on a Westbrook push off where he like kind of flopped, which is fine. And it, like those those sequence of events, like so close together within like forty five seconds of each other, felt like a I don't know why this came to mind, but it felt like if there was a Randy Wolf, Wolfpack style cheering section for Danny Green, like Danny yeah. Green country or something. I wanted to like a pan to them, and there's just like eight guys in masks for some reason, and like they're all like losing <laughs> their minds. Like that's in my that's how I was feeling it should have been because that was the absolutely huge play and and turned the game for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's the 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 green room and the green house and the it could be the greenhouse is good. They they could they could also. They could paint one of the walls and make it the green monster over there. Sure. We, we could have our own green monster. Yeah. Sure. So. It, overall, I thought it was a, a, I agree with you. I thought it was a, a, a considering the situation, we'll get to that in, in just one second. Uh, I thought it was a, a really good win. And then it, also considering I was talking to Mike O'Connor in the, the first quarter because he thought the game was going to be close. And I was like, ah, I don't think so. And then after three minutes of the game, I said, they're going to lose this, aren't they? Yeah. Like, that's how I felt after the first three minutes. We couldn't stop them, you know? So I thought it was a, I thought it was a good, uh, I thought it was a good win, you know? Yeah. I mean, you just need, you needed to win this game. I think, I think if you have to go back to Washington, you probably still wouldn't play Embiid if that was, if the game was on Friday. Um, no. Because you just don't, you just, why risk it? And so now you're now all of a sudden like risking, losing game six on the road and, and coming back to Philly game seven, then you definitely would play Embiid 
And it's just like, God, that would that would have sucked. That would have sucked so bad. And this was a big boost of confidence for everybody involved, even though like not everything worked like Mike Scott didn't like wasn't working. Um, I don't think I think if the, the small ball Matisse lineups weren't working great, although I think I would still try it out because I, I think that they against better teams. I don't know that Simmons and Tobias and Danny isn't is quite enough. I would like another guy out there um that can at least make create some havoc and uh but hopefully maybe it's just like we can talk about it but it was just good it was really really good to win this game it was just deeply necessary for everybody um to do it and we're moving on gentlemen sweep five games fine uh and now we got atlanta we're gonna give out the very famous everyone wants to know who gets the soft shit award the by nature soft shit award that Mike will award. He's going to start thinking about it. He'll have about a minute to think about it. By nature, pet food, you feed your pet, your dog, or your cat by nature. You're not going to have soft shit anymore. No, no, no. You're going to, you know, you're walking your dog poops in the grass and you don't want to have to like scrape it out with a bag. No, no. By nature is super healthy pet food for your dog or your cat. That's why you're getting those firm shits. How is it healthier? Better ingredients. You know, premium proteins, super ingredients, super fusion, they call it, super probiotics, apple cider vinegar, spinach, blueberries, ginger, coconut oil, and cooked healthier, cooked slower so it stays more nutrient rich. Don't be an asshole. Give your dog or your cat by nature pet food. We're even going to give you a discount, 20% off your first order at Chewy or Amazon. Use promo code 20RTRS, 20 RTRS. By nature, the company that owns them, 40 years, no recalls. Family owned, family operated, by nature pet food, all different flavors. You know, your fucking salmon, your fucking chicken, your fucking turkey, all that kind of stuff for your dog or for your cat. Again, promo code 20RTRS at Amazon or Chewy. Mike, the soft shit award. Everyone is waiting. Who gets it? Well, I think this bleeds nicely into our next section, and I just I have to give it to a shared award with Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens. I think it is <laughs> very well earned. It was uh, it was teed up for a long time. We've mm-hmm. we've talked about Brad on the hot seat, and uh, his seat got so hot that he had to like make his boss retire. Yeah, um, <laughs> which I think was an interesting call. And and for Danny, man, Danny, Danny Ainge sucks like he sucks (laughs) as a guy across the board um just like has done so much there's you know so much of the straw man process arguments were about like how inhumane sam hinky personally was uh even though in a lot of instances we know that to not be true obviously it didn't ever didn't do everything perfect there were a couple stories in the in Jake Fisher's book and in um, Jeroen Weissman's book of, of people being having issue, but like you could find that with anybody in the league. Um, but holding it up like tanking is bad for humanity was like really the the rallying cry there. And Danny's just like always been worse. Like he traded Isaiah Thomas after Isaiah played like the like a day or two after his sister's funeral. Um, and the hip injury played through the hip injury and through the hip injury. And then, and then more recently he goes like, Oh, Kyrie said there's racism in Boston. Like I've never heard of racism. Like I've never heard of like any of it. It's not something I've, anyone's ever talked to me. And it's like, yeah, crazy that you're like black employees and the black NBA players that were, that played for you wouldn't like come to you, Danny fucking Ainge with their like issues about racism because you probably fucking are and to say that like it doesn't exist yes come on he went to byu utah boston now he's retiring there was was an anonymous quote from how did you do this how did you make me that you were not saying that danny ainge is a racist he probably is come on probably i'm throwing probably in there probably Uh, he goes he there was an anonymous gm quote which i'm just assuming is danny ainge it's i'm assuming it's a real assumption where he says where he goes like player movement is the worst thing that's ever happened to the NBA. And it's like, well, maybe just because like you, your players don't like playing for you because <laughs> you don't appreciate it. Marcus Smart goes like, yeah, I've heard like a ton of racist shit, like a ton of it. And like Kyrie said the same thing. And so, and Danny's just, his excuse, his response to that is just like, 
I guess I'll retire. I guess I'll retire. And just like, what a loser. Like a fucking loser. Had all the assets in the world after uh, Brooklyn made the worst trade of all time uh, for like uh, r- basically uh, nursing home uh, Garnett and Paul Pierce and did like almost nothing with those assets. And then the six and then got to like Markel Fultz forgot how to shoot and then got the best trade of all time there. And like they won like a couple playoff series. Like what an embarrassment, like to do nothing with it. And just like spending all of his time leaking like news to the press saying like, hey, I almost made this trade. Hey, I almost picked Draymond. Hey, I almost did all this shit. Like what a total loser. Like what a fucking loser. I just, I want to be clear that Mike was being facetious about the racist thing. He was on a tangent. We are not saying that. I am certainly not saying that. We have no evidence to that, that Mike was on a roll. I just want to say that. I, I would, the only thing I have to say left is that it's pretty clear that Brad Stevens is a college coach. He couldn't hack it. He, there were player there were there were locker room issues every single year there was there and it really takes a real head coach and gm combo to like make it look like kyrie irving made you look like yeah. like the crazy ones you know like like at the end of this kyrie wins they lose they do. Uh, i've never seen anything like this i've never seen do you really believe he's going to retire? Ainge's going to retire. He's not going to end up anywhere. He's not going to do this anymore. I mean, I'm, maybe he goes to Utah. I saw I heard a rumor about that, yeah. but it's just like, oh my god, just the most like down the middle thing you could possibly do. Like, it's just, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, everybody, everybody looking at like what an embarrassment for the for everyone that Kyrie stepping on the logo is like people are horrified and that like. And they're like, well, you—that's justification for throwing a water well, bottle. Well, dude, isn't that sort of a straw man? Like, can't like people obviously. are saying that people are. Kevin Garnett is saying that, which is insane. Kevin Garnett is saying he disrespected the the Irish guy. Well, I mean, like, he, what, are, what are you doing? I mean, he did. That's why he did it. Totally. But obviously, but shouldn't fine. throw that's, something. That's at regular him. trash talk. When, when To did it at the star, it's like that's what you do. Like. It's a it's a painting on the ground. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Like, yeah, if he did that, if someone like if someone like stepped on Franklin's face, I'd be like, well, they yeah, they got him. But like, that's not it, that doesn't equal throwing a water bottle at a human being's face. What if it was popcorn as you were not totally against the popcorn? Dunk? No, I was. No, this is different. Different. Let's <laughs> let's get down to it. The popcorn like the popcorn is banned. That fan should be banned. Like yeah. terrible thing, and I get why Westbrook is pissed. Absolutely, especially when he's leaving the court when he's hurt. Like a hundred percent. I just think <laughs> onlookers going like honey through popcorn at them. It's just like, well, it's popcorn. Like I get why Westbrook is angry and would be pissed off about that, and why he would like expect more. He doesn't know what it is. He just feels shit coming at him from above. But like for onlookers to be like, and popcorn was thrown. And it's like, well, it's fucking popcorn. You throw it. At, people throw it at the movie theater all the time. They don't like a movie. Well, like, come on. The the last thing I'll say is that Keith Pompey did report that former Ricky Guest and former high school classmate of mine, Jerome Allen, is yeah. a candidate for the Celtics job. I would just like to say I hope Jerome Allen gets the job. Yeah, that'd be dope. That'd be awesome. I also would also be cool if uh, Evan Turner got it, although he tweeted that he's not in the running. Uh, and it would be cool with uh, future Ricky guest Michael Bivens got it. Um, and then we can maybe get him on and <laughs> yeah. talk, talk about what happened hey, there. Did you see the fucking tweet? The Michael about Bivens tweet? Yeah, I saw it. I saw yeah. it. Yeah. He's, now he's, we've been trolling him for a long time since he didn't show up to the podcast twice. And now he's trolling us back. And he's, yeah, he's, that's, fair. Right. that's fair. All right. We got to talk about, let's talk about Joel. And then we'll get to the Hawks, uh, Sixers Hawks. And then no, we'll do Joel. Then we'll do questions. If you got questions, put them in the YouTube chat, in the Twitch chat, uh, in the Twitter chat. We'll do that after. We got to do Joel now. Um, look, I, I think it was pretty clear when they announced it as a sore knee and he didn't come back. And then they didn't announce the MRI results the next day because that's when playoff round two tickets went on sale. And they waited another day to do it. Uh, that the news wasn't going to be good. You really think that the the playoff round two tickets were a factor there? Dude, how can they not get MRI results the next day? Like, how is well, Davis- it could be, it could be a, a second opinion. 
situation. They the team is worth two billion dollars. Like Davis Bertans is. Do they have? Yeah, I never Anthony, think about that stuff. I never think uh, about like the like when the tickets go on sale stuff. So I, that's not something I had even factored uh, in my yeah. mind. I, so it, I, like the idea that they're worth two billion dollars is like okay. So then you're going to wait to release information because of like. Ticket brochures is that is that a Scott is that a Scotty O'Neill finally getting the reins to make those decisions? Like I, I I'm just so saying, pointless. I'm just saying it is certainly possible. It, it it seems crazy to me that they they could not get MRI results the next fucking day. They're an NBA team, you know. Like anyway, whatever. I, they got, I mean, I'm not saying they didn't get the results. I'm saying they got the results and they didn't like what they saw, and then they wanted to check again or look look at something else or run uh, some more tests. I I don't give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't think they've earned it, um, but. I, I think we. I was pretty sure the results were negative. My were 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 not good. My 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 guess was MCL sprain or meniscus tear. Ends up being a meniscus tear. Always the meniscus. Really, would, haunt everyone's meniscus haunting us for life. There's a graveyard of meniscuses that Sixers fans have to go visit if they if they win a championship. We have to just go like every, put pay, put like some flowers down on just various meniscuses. Meniscus, meniscus, meniscus. I would just like to say from the top, I am. I just my initial reaction, aside from of course, was I just feel bad for. Joel, who uh, has obviously been through a lot injury-wise in his career, like a fuck ton, and this year has done every single thing right. Like get the right kind of shape, the right kind of attitude, the right kind of leader, decided that the off-the-court stuff was going to go away, has played in a way that we dreamed of at one point, but we hadn't quite seen in such a consistent fashion, like truly MVP shit. And just to fucking have it again. I, I just don't know how he keeps coming back. I like I, I don't really know it. And I feel like I I just I, I I'm hopeful for his like sanity and um and like wherewithal uh, not wherewithal like his his like his ability to keep coming back from these things. I am I am hopeful for him because it must be mentally crushing. You know totally I, I mean I feel for the guy all the time. I'm not ready to do the like right do the like what a season it's such a shame that it's from everything i've heard from people around him or the team has been like it's fine like i think if this was a game seven he would have played i think i think if if he needed to play in this game he would have um i think they're they're really uh drilling down on that effect it's a small meniscus tear i'm not a doctor i don't know how it, how it, small is small? What is a big meniscus tear? Like what is what's the break breaking point? It's but it's, it's, it's where it is. It's where it is, not not how big it is. Like his his tear three years ago was small too. Like that that doesn't really matter. In um, the in the Rockets game on ESPN, yeah, that one? yeah. Is it, is it like it's it's about the location of it and and how like how it affects your like how it sort of affects the stability of your knee. Like it's gonna hurt whatever it that, that that's like not the issue that the pain and pain swelling all that kind of stuff is not really the issue the issue is is that like if the tear is in the wrong spot it like it affects how stable his knee is and can make it more dangerous for other injuries i yeah. i think he'll play again in the playoffs but i just don't my my guess would be is that we're not going to see him right again until after the playoffs. So I think they'll, they'll have, to have to have some surgery in the offseason, right? That's the idea. That, that that would be my guess. Yeah. Or just extended, extended, extended rest. But my, my guess would be some sort of procedure. You can play with a meniscus tear. I think a lot of it has to do too with like football players play with meniscus tears, but some of them that just run straight forward, he's like pivoting on hardwood mm -hmm. and it's a different thing. I just think like, We'll see him come back. We'll see him out. We'll see him come back. We'll see him out. Yeah, I, I see him quite right. That's my my worry. For yeah. sure. I I think. Yeah. Who? I mean, who knows? But yeah, I would guess we'll it guess plays. It. Do we do we know when game one of the Hawk series is yet? Not yet. Okay. Yeah. I would um, guess Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Sunday. It's Sunday. Sunday. There he is. Made bed. Coming in for the win. Yeah. Um, I was hoping for Sunday. Thank you, T CJ. I called you TJ, but you're CJ. All right, even right. an even bigger compliment coming from you. Yes. Um, and uh, so I would I, I think he's gonna play game one. I think there's a probably pretty good chance of him missing like 
a game in the Hawks series, especially if they go up 2-0, maybe they like give him a day off or something and and hope try to steal one without him. But uh, I think he wants to be there. I think it's not concerning enough to uh, that that they're worried about him like missing the entire series or anything. I feel just from what I'm hearing, it seems like they're they feel they feel like this is manageable. So, hmm. well, yeah, I mean. But it sucks that even like it's a factor. Like it just yeah, wish it, I yeah. wish it was just like fine. And it's just like that play. There's so many plays of Embiid's career that are just like seared into your brain. And it's just like it sucks to have another one. And he just wants to be a regular player and and not where every, every time he go down. But he's fucking seven two and he's huge, and he's strong and powerful. And when he lands on something in any bit of a weird way, it's like that feels like something's gonna go wrong. And mm-hmm. that one was weird. And I, it's it's just it's just frustrating. And it, and I just I, I want him to slightly change the way he plays and he has to not to not put as much pressure and impact on his uh lower body and even his back as well but um i would like a little bit more to because he's now su- he's such a good player without like you know intense speed and like mm-hmm. Rashawn holmes dunking on people type of things like he he doesn't need that stuff it just feels like that he does it for effect and stuff which i love i mean i love him like I-, I love doing it but like as far as longevity goes i think we might just be like you don't need all of that well like, he- he'll he'll get to the point that blake griffin did right where he was that uh, blake-, blake griffin obviously relied on athleticism and was way better but eventually was like wait a minute i can do all the shit i was gonna do without doing that you know like i don't have to try to dunk on people i don't have to fly through the air to try to get blocks like I think there's going to be some self, hopefully there's self preservation from him. Yeah. You know, I just think, yeah, I think, I think honestly, like a little more Jokic there, like where he has, like, there's a couple type of things where you just like con- controlled staying level, feeling like he doesn't have to go up strong with everything. He can just like use his length and positioning to get there because, and, and I don't think it makes him a worse player. I think it's just like, he wants to be a guy that can bring down the house occasionally. And I, I don't think he needs to be anymore because he's just, he's so good at everything else. Um, why don't we take a few Twitter questions, then we'll get to, or Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. We have a lot of Twitch watchers. Somebody in the Twitch chat, like, joked, LOL, I bet Spike didn't even know what Twitch was before this. I knew what Twitch was, but I don't watch people playing fucking video games. I'm sorry. I'm 44 years old. I like, it sounds like lunacy to me to watch people play video games i'm glad that people enjoy it no i have not been on twitch before it's funny what the 44 years old extends to like the 44 years old is like not video games but like the like clothing and and like other choices are like well i'm still young enough to do that this is what we're doing it just feels like they're they're 44 is a pick and choose situation which is fine and i I will do the same thing when i'm that age but absolutely uh, it's funny that it what 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 it extends to and what it doesn't i don't i don't watch other people at video games i do watch uh ricky o'donnell not play video games on uh the western illinois leatherneck stream which i which i've kept up with coming into year 40 and i love him for it and uh go next um and by the way there's nothing you can do about the tattoos unfortunately like they're now obviously i've gotten some of them recently but once they're there they're there but no matter how old you are you're just you're fucked so um thank you we've had a bunch of donations i'm pretty sure we're like over 200 bucks for today uh it will all go to providence animal center encoded by kids we'll donate it all at the end of playoffs so thank you cj give us some questions yeah uh if you've asked a question so far on the pod and you want it to be read ask it again please because <laughs> i probably lost them but we're going to start off with a uh, aroused turtle a nice name who says how far do you think the six years can go aroused turtle this that's is it. what we're getting that's what we're getting okay. from twitch this is our this is our twitch audience gotta love them um how far do you think the Sixers can go if joel ends up not being able to play I think, uh, I think they, oh, go ahead. You first. Yeah. I mean, I think they, there's a chance. I would say it's like a pretty much a toss up against the Hawks if Joel is out. I think because of home court, I'd say the Sixers maybe win in seven if he doesn't play the entire series. But they're good. They pretty much just manhandled a, a, a physical Knicks team. Trey Young's an excellent offensive player. And without Joel out there, um, he's going to get a lot of easier looks if, if that's how it ends up shaking out. And, and Capella is a, is a good post player. And, and, basically everything that Dan Gafford does, but better. So um, it could be a problem if Joel's not there for sure. Yeah. I um, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the Hawks without Joel, but I also probably wouldn't bet on them beating the Hawks without Joel. I think that 
the the ceiling would be a second round win. There's there's obviously I yeah, think they fucking get of obliterated. And, I, and that's not like an insult. I don't think no. like the Hawks are the like the four or five seed. Like the six, Joel's their best player. So say, like you could take out any best player of any team and go like let's see if they can win a couple playoff series. And I just don't think that that's how it works. And they'll they'll, they'll adjust if they had two months without Joel to prepare where they get like get their head of steam, but. I would honestly, if, if they had two months to do this, I would be like, let's get B-Ball Paul into shape. Like, I would be like, let's go. He's our new guy. But we don't have that, and they're not going to give him that opportunity. So I, I just think it's there. If he's out for more than I think he'll be, um, then they're going to struggle for sure. Next question. We got David asking, who do you think guards Trey Young to start game one? Well, mm-hmm. if they don't have Joel... I'm pretty sure that's a Matisse. I, he's, I, that's not a Ben assignment, man. Like, it, I don't think that's a Ben assignment. Uh, I, I think Ben can do it. I, I don't think he will probably because the Hawks do have a, some big guys. It's not, it's not a downsizing team. Um, but I think Ben would do a great job on Trey Young and has, I think, in his, in his career. I think just like swallowing him up and being able to match him and not, not be like fooled by the junkie stuff. Um, I'm excited to see those that matchup in crunch time, but I do think it'll be more Matisse. I think Seth will get a chance at him, um, just because he can scoot around a little bit. Um, I'm sure Danny will as well. But yeah, um, it'll be interesting to like if you can prevent Trey's like foul drawing uh, savvy, then that's that he's really uh limited otherwise like he he's it's hard for him to get a ton of shots off against bigger quicker defenders he in the two games this year trey scored and i don't remember who they had or who they didn't have yeah 29 points a game on 50 percent from the field 39 percent from three yeah, yeah did pretty he's, well I mean, he's, he's definitely good like he's, he's i mean he's gonna be like beal where like you're gonna do tough stuff on him and he's gonna make stuff happen and he's gonna get junky fouls and stuff but um yeah, I mean the the Knicks are a good defensive team, and and Trey Young did did their did his thing. All right, next one. Pork Roll Mafia from Twitch wants to know: <laughs> Will the Sixers regret not adding a third center? I, I think absolutely. I, I don't. Yeah, people could have used Tony Bradley tonight. Yeah, Tony Bradley would have helped. Like yeah. right now, you'd feel nicer having him probably, but also then you have two very similar players in Bradley and 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 Dwight and. I it's I, for me it's it's less that and more like a, a a legitimate like tall shooter that can hold up against bigger guys where you're not having to use Simmons like waste Simmons on Dan Gafford or something you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I boy Twitch is worth it just for the usernames. I'll say Arouse Turtle Pork Roll Mafia, not bad at all. Um, why don't we do a couple more and then we'll we'll go full on Hawks and then get out of here. Okay, okay, let's do... A lot of questions are asking how many games Joel's going to miss in the Hawks series. It's so and... hard to tell. It's, it's like a weird guess. I don't know. I will say while CJ looks for another question, I, I someone, someone asked me... So I'm in the Young Rock uh, Season 2 writer's room in person, which is which is bizarre but gets easy easier after a second. Um and someone was like, asked me about the Sixers and about the podcast and someone overheard and asked what I say, you had a podcast, what's your podcast about? And I have to do the explanation and they ask what the name is. And I have to say with the name of the podcast to a person that's not a basketball fan. And it's, it's, uh, it's always uh, torture. It's always mm-hmm. the worst thing that you can do yeah. in a, uh, in a professional setting. Yep. Um, and every time it's like, it's only about the Philadelphia 76ers. Like that's all that you guys talk about. And it's like, yeah, I'm, you don't have to look at it. And she, and she pulls it up on her phone. I guess it's just like, it's a nightmare. It's brutal. It's awful. We should stop. Hornets, Hornets wants to know, what will the interactions with Trey and Sixers fans be like? More contentious than New York? Uh, I think about the same. Yeah. It's a bummer that the, that, that the Knicks couldn't pull this out tonight. That's a pretty embarrassing showing for them. Um, and a very like, you know, indicative of them being a try hard team all season and then just not having enough try hard to push through in the playoffs. Um, because it was fun to watch to watch them like really get into it with the with Trey and and be excited about the team. But 
Yeah, I think it'll be the same. I think the Sixers fans will probably be a little bit. I, I want some like creativity a little bit more, and I think they'll they'll bring it without any like professionally written down. Here are the chance tonight signs, which I think is so lame. Um, let it happen organically, guys, please. Uh, but yeah, I I think it'll be a similar level of he, he's that guy. Like Trey is a he is a ball dominant point guard, and he's little. He looks like a lot of people in the stands. Uh, he's got bad hair. Like you can look at him and be like, well, fuck this guy. Like, why is he destroying us? And it's because he's a really talented offensive player. And uh, hopefully they make him pay on the defensive end. The Knicks didn't as much. Um, and uh, But the fans are definitely going to let him hear it for sure. And for for anybody who has seen the movie and remembers the movie, Trey Young looks like Radames from Juice. Um, and I just, that reference, just Google it. He looks like Radames from Juice. Um, one more. Yeah, let's wrap it up with B Fitzgerald 311, who wants to know if the Sixers don't win the title, would you trade Ben and the War Chest for Dame? Yes. They're, they're not going to trade fucking Damian Lillard. I, 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 he would have to one out, and he's like a god there, and I just don't think they're going to trade him. Yeah, I don't think that they will trade him for really anything at all. Um, It'd be cool to imagine a, a Damon Embiid. Oh my uh, God. Jesus. Uh, pairing. I, like, I don't want to talk about that shit until, yeah. but it, that was an awesome, he played he, so good. Incredible. That was awesome. Just an unbelievable, like, it just seems like he can decide really, like, I'm going to make every shot now. And it doesn't matter what you can do. Like, it, it is hard to believe sometimes when you're watching Dame that he's not the best offensive player in the league. And he's not. He's, like, I know that he's not, but like, but he's incredible. Sometimes when he does stuff, it's just like, um, there's nothing you can do. Like, people are do- like doubling him so far away from the basket and he's just using power and speed to get where he wants. And he got a little too, little, honestly, like, passed too much, like, at the end of that game. And it's just, you know, feel bad for Covington missing shots and missing that dunk. Um, but I thought Covington did a, an admirable job on, on Jokic, which is a tough cover for a, a natural small forward. Um, but Dame is unreal. It's very, it's ridiculously fun to watch. Oh yeah. I mean, just the, the combination of speed and power, Yeah, you know, is like, uh, the original version of Derek Rose, but he's like an amazing shooter too. Like a just fucking unbelievable shooter. I just, I, I don't know how many comps there are historically for Damian Lillard. And the, the, the combination of, uh, Dame and, uh, uh, Embiid would be just unbelievable. Yeah. You know? It's a shame. It's like a shame that Dame Lillard and Steph Curry are playing at the same time because if Steph didn't exist or didn't come along at the same time, then then Dame would be like a massive sensation more than he is because mm-hmm. this, his shot making ability is is absolutely absurd. Thank you, CJ. Uh, thanks to everyone for the questions. Uh, so Sixers start with the Hawks on Sunday. It is a I've said I don't think the Hawks are for real. I don't, but they score a lot of fucking points, man. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just like, even with Embiid, when I was watching, I think, game three or game four of the next series, game four of the next series, I was like, man, there could be two games against the Sixers where they get hot as shit and there's just nothing we can do and i like i that is it's it's a tough series without Embiid. with Embiid, i think it's a six game series that the sixers win um but like they have a legitimate guy to at least put on Embiid. you know it's not like he can guard him but capella's big and he's like a good defensive player they between trey young and bogdanovich they've got like such a legit backcourt and then they just have like other guys man between like collins and herder and um you know yeah like it's just like a gallo like they just have guys man and like it's a you know it's it'll be a an interesting series i think if Embiid's in there the good thing is, though, it'll give the Sixers a, a test. You know, like it's it's a legit test. And if Embiid's not there, I think we're in trouble. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're a talented team. And that's why I think, I forget if we talked about it on here or somewhere else, but the they're like a way more talented team than the Knicks. Like they just have oh, yeah. a significant amount of better players. And, uh, and they also have the best player. So like having the best player and also maybe like the best like three through eight players is probably like, 
that's plenty enough to win a series. I think here's the difference. I think I think Capella's good, and he like certainly takes Embiid matchup personally and takes it seriously. But Capella's like a real part of their offense, mm-hmm. and if Embiid gets him into foul trouble, like that really hurts them. And and unlike in this Wizard series where they just had guys to throw at him, and were just like anybody here, here's another guy, just like replacement level large man that doesn't really matter. Um, I think that if you if Embiid is playing and gets Capella into foul trouble, then that that sort of gunks up their their offense. John, I mean, they they also have guys that can defend Simmons between Collins and Hunter, like mm-hmm. two big guys that can not. I mean, Collins not an excellent defender by any means, but like he can jump with Ben, he can bang with Ben for sure. Um, Gallinari also a big dude who seems to always hit fourteen line drive threes against us. Um, yeah, they have they have plenty of shooting. The, the difference in in Atlanta and New York, and New York didn't have the offense to hang with them, and the Sixers do. But Atlanta has very exposable uh, players on the defensive end. Yep. yep like sure. Trey Young, Bogdanovich, Lou Williams, Herder, like John Collins, even if you put him in space, like not intuitively good defensive players. Mm-hmm. And so I think it'll be up to Doc to like. Ex- force opportunities where those guys have to make plays on on defense and um hopefully the Sixers have enough shots because I think I mean the Sixers are a better team I think even even without Embiid you can argue that they're a better team um but Nate Nate McMillan has them playing well um it's not if Embiid's out it's not going to be easy for sure I think I'd still give the Sixers the the edge but it's it's certainly a uh a tough series and if Embiid is out for the first game or two, like they have, they just, it would, they got to win one. They, 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 they got to win at least, at least one of two games in Philadelphia, even if Embiid's not there like that, that you can't go down to Atlanta. Oh, two, even if Embiid's not there, you just gotta, you gotta defend home court a little bit. All right. So we will talk to you Sunday. Um, I appreciate the NBA not making the first game Friday or Saturday. I think that's a real gift. So we will talk to you on Sunday. Uh, what do you do? You have a prediction for Nets Bucks? I'm really excited for it, and I'm excited that I don't have a rooting interest. Really, mm-hmm. I'm just I, I I sometimes find that you uh, you realize who you're rooting for as it's happening. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm probably rooting for Milwaukee, not because of the Sixers, but just because Brooklyn is like the big bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a Sixers Bucks series would be. Uh, really interesting, but also it'd be cool to if, if 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 Embiid comes back, it'd be cool to to beat a super team. You know, it'd be cool to like tell Durant and Harden and Irving to fuck off and go to the finals <laughs> from there. It would that would just feel cool. But I think they're they're certainly a more talented team, especially especially without DiVincenzo. The Bucks are light and counting on contributions from guys that I don't think are very good. Um, Bryn Forbes, Pat yeah, Allen. he's got he's got to get they both got to get hot, and so, but also as far as Embiid goes, Brooklyn has the better Embiid matchup in Brook Lopez. Um, he's a he's he's big and he's a good shot blocker, and um, and and Giannis will use his length to make it hard on him and stuff. Um, and Bobby Portis is a legit stuff uh, stretch five off the bench, so it's it's interesting. Maybe you want Brooklyn there. So Embiid can dominate, but we don't know how healthy Embiid is. So I'm just going to watch it and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm, I'm probably going to root for Milwaukee, um, as a, not, not with the Sixers part of my brain. Um, but I'm excited for it. Shit. I lost my headphone. I not with the Sixers part of my brain was the last thing I heard. I, I agree. I like, I don't, I think I'm going to, I would pick the Nets uh, because I I think the Nets are going to come out of the East, but I think it'll be a super interesting series to watch for two teams that are built so differently. And I'm, I'm really just mostly interested in seeing like the Nets challenged, you know, like what, what, what do they look like when they get pushed? You know, Um, they certainly have enough players who have been through like playoff wars but i that specific team i'm curious what they look like when they get pushed so and they'll get pushed the bucks will push them you know uh, all right well we will talk to you on sunday after the game 1 p.m game i don't mind that at all a 1 p.m game so oh. um we'll talk to you sunday that's it
Um, the Sixers are advancing in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. that's nice. And even though they're the one seed, that's what they're supposed to do. We are appreciating it. We are mm-hmm. enjoying ourselves. They just haven't won enough playoff series in my life for me to be like, I don't care about this. Like for me to be like, yeah, it's what they're supposed to. But like, it's good. Any playoff win, I feel good. We're happy. This is one step on the road to a Sixers championship DVD. I am enjoying myself. Let's hope that Joel's fine. Are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know Lickface. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thanks for playing.